Talk of the Clones, presented by Best One Since the Next One. I'm your trusty Star Wars correspondent, Stephanie. And I'm her Star Wars-obsessed twin, Allison. And we're a couple of real-life renegade clones who will be covering our favorite fictional renegade clones as we discuss Season 2 of The Bad Batch. And we are here to talk about Episode 9, The Crossing. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. That was a heavy sigh. <laughs> I was debating whether to say heavy sigh or to actually heavily sigh, and I just decided to go with at an actual, actual heavy sigh. Because All right, well, well this we got to get exchange. we got to get behind, um, get down to what that's all about, what that heavy sigh is all about. I mean, yeah, it was well, a great episode. Yeah, this was yeah. a great episode. Great A, fantastic. Great A, fantastic. Let's, I just want to come out and say that this was a really, really good episode to follow up the sort of mid-season double whammy of um, episodes seven and eight with all the political insanity going on and the big drama and Echo leaving the group to sort of follow it up with a really quiet but emotionally dense episode was perfect. And I don't know if you feel the same, but I do, this episode really reminded me of season one of The Bad Batch, because while I have absolutely adored this season, one thing that I didn't really realize I missed until this happened was really sort of quiet, character-focused episodes One of the things I loved so much about so many episodes of season one of The Bad Batch that just kept blowing me away from the beginning was how much time it took to be very quiet and intimate with what the characters were thinking and feeling and just very subtle, realistic ways that their bonds and emotions were developing so that when big stuff happened, you just like, you felt it even more. And there were lots of quiet moments in season one and subtle little emotional things happening. And I, I didn't really, this for this, the first part of this season has been great, but it's been very like the bad batch is doing this. The bad batch is doing that action action in like, not just in the fact that like action was happening, but like they're just taking action and they aren't really slowing down. And then this last Two episodes were incredible, but they were still very like broad political stuff happening. And then this episode really brought it back to that center of like intimate character focused, quiet, realistic fallout from what happened last season. I mean, and last episode. Do you feel the same? Yes, absolutely. This felt like some of my favorite moments from season one that were so well-balanced with like the really deep, heavy stuff. But and this is not to say that this was like something that I really missed in season two or in any part of season one where they went really heavy on the action. Something that has been so exceptional about this show from the beginning was the way that it prioritized character and the emotional connections between these characters was what drove it forward. So even when things have happened that have been like, so I guess what I'm trying to say is when a lesser show would skim over this kind of stuff, the Bad Batch has never skimmed over any of this kinds of stuff. It's always Mm -hmm. like doubled down and really gotten to the weeds of it. And that's what this episode was. And it was one of the best of that type. I really think this is my favorite episode of the season so far. And I'm very excited to see what happens next because I want more emotional stuff. And that's not to say we haven't gotten that because like that amazing crosshair episode. And then obviously everything that happened last season and little bits here and there, but this one just really stood out for it's daring to be very quiet and focused on character. But yeah, I guess let's get down to it and talk about what happens in it. We pick up apparently fairly shortly after the events of the last two episodes and Echo has just left the squad to join up with Rex in his sort of proto-rebellion, helping the clones cause. And they're back on another mission for Sid, which we've all rolled our eyes and made fun of the fact that why do they keep working for Sid? Sid is clearly exploiting them. Sid's got one other harebrained scheme after another. 
Um, and this season has slowly planted the seeds that that's going to be something that's going to be dealt with this season. Mm-hmm. Like seriously dealing with that question from the uh, faster episode to just general comments here and there. And then this episode seems like it's starting that arc of really bringing that into focus because it does feel kind of jarring how Mm -hmm. they went from something so big and sort of galaxy wide and affecting their, their people, the clones so intensely and then echo leaves and then they're just back on doing another errand for Sid. There's something kind of jarring about that, but intentionally so. And I think that that's also kind of part of what this episode is about, because this episode is about, among many things, kind of what happens when something or, you know, a number of things like big sort of foundation shaking things happen and they're not acknowledged. It's this episode is about emotional processing. Yes, that's what this episode is about. And in a very, very, it just does it so well. Yeah, and it's about emotional processing and emotional processing as a family and emotional processing as caregivers of a child and like what the needs of a child are in terms of emotional processing. Um, Yeah, really good episode. Uh, Let's get to the other stuff that happens in it. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know, I got the vibe right from the start that this was going to be an interesting episode because we've got these really stark sort of, they're they're flying into this desert planet and we've got these really stark sort of red rocks kind of monuments of like rock, like rock formations and the uh, Kiner Brothers music is going really kind of, I don't know, Western? Yeah, it had a very, a little bit of a moody kind of spaghetti Western um, thing going for it. Yeah, a little closer to the moody side, like a little less like stylistic than like uh, the Boba Fett show theme. You know right, what I mean? Right, exactly. It wasn't like straight or up. Or even like, Manda. Yeah, it wasn't like straight up like good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, it just was like a taste of it, but like a little bit introspective and and just interesting. I don't know. Unexpected. I was like, what's going to happen in here? This is interesting. All right. So they're, they're going to this mining uh this mine that Sid has bought to collect the mineral or whatever this, uh, it's like some sort of liquid thing, whatever it is, Ipsium that's in the mine that apparently is extremely volatile and liable to explode if uh, it's not handled correctly. And they're going to extract it for Sid um, and bring it back to her. And Mm -hmm. so, Tech and Hunter go into the mine to do so while they tell Omega and Wrecker to guard the ship. And the whole time this is happening, Omega is clearly a little bit troubled by the fact that they don't have Echo here. So like their dynamics of their numbers and their roles they take is kind of off. And in subtle ways too, like small reasons why they are not kind of operating in the way they're normally operating and just, and it's not just like in, you know, who goes inside the mine versus who stays and watches the ship, which is an immediate, you know, topic of conversation with the whole elephant in the room being that echo's not there, but also just in like some of the small ways that they're all like snipping at each other. It's like so clearly Mm -hmm. on everyone's minds, but Omega being the child with no filter is the one who's like, I want to talk about why Echo's not here. Yeah. Why is anyone talking about Echo? Everyone's on edge. There's a lot of arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're telling, you can tell they're all feeling things that they're not talking about. And it's all, yeah, it's all under the surface, but it's there. And then, so they agree. Omega and Wrecker go guard the ship. Hunter and Tech go to find the Ipsium. They, discover that the mine is almost entirely depleted and that Sid bought, like she got uh, cheated out of her purchase. So they decide to get as much as they can. They find a little bit. They are able to extract the mineral without causing a explosion. And then meanwhile, outside Omega tries to talk to Wrecker about how weird it is that Echo isn't here. Or Wrecker kind of just is like, I mean, he sounds, he just doesn't know how to talk about it with her. He's like, yeah, you'll, you'll get used to it. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm no like, one is giving her what she needs, which no. is an acknowledgement of how she feels. They're all just like, it'll be fine. It'll Yeah, they're just brushing over. And even the ones who, like Wrecker is a much more sensitive, he's much more sensitive amongst all of them. And he's the one who's always been able to bond with her more about like having childlike reactions to things. And mm-hmm. even he's like, yeah, it's weird. You'll get used to it. It's like, mm-hmm. ah, man, these guys are so bad at dealing with their emotions. And she's just like, please, someone just validate my feelings. Anyone? <laughs> but then Ome- they call Mega in to help extract the stuff because she's all, because she's petite. She's a little kid and they're going to send her into the mines. Yeah. It's like very reminiscent of like, I don't know, the Victorian days, like yeah. a little kid up the chimney. Yeah. Yeah. Just another, ex- but she's very confident. A key thing, like we we always make jokes about them being like bad at childcare, but one thing that is important is that she has grown so much since she joined mm-hmm. them, and she is extremely. They're warning her about everything she needs to do to be extra careful, like extracting this volatile mil- mineral, and she is very confident and competent. She wants to assure them that she knows what she's doing. That's part of what we've been seeing a lot, even in season one. She wants to be, she doesn't want to be the kid. She wants to be a part of the team. And I think that a lot of what's happening in this episode is kind of her insecurity about the security and like longevity of the group makes her feel like she needs to step up. So it's interesting, before they went into the mine, um, they noticed a sort of o- ominous looking storm cloud on the horizon, but Hunter used his like Hunter senses to be like, okay, it's moving away from us. We don't have to worry about that. But then Wrecker's letting them know that the storm appears to be changing course and Tech's talking about how the weather patterns on this planet seem to be kind of erratic and hard to predict which is not a metaphor or a foreshadowing of anything. <laughs> no, definitely not. And then just as they're saying this, Wrecker, who is distracted from guarding the ship, we've seen sort of signs of like some sort of thief or someone like scoping out the ship from a distance. Wrecker has sort of left his guard duty to talk to them. And then someone uh, steals the Marauder. Mm-hmm. Someone- just a smuggler person. Well, we might find out more about who it is, but at this point, we don't know. The Marauder is gone. And they're literally like running after it. Poor Precious Omega's yelling stop at it, which is like, (laughs) oh, honey, that's not going to (laughs) work. Worth a shot, you know? Worth a shot. You don't know. Maybe. Sweet summer child. She's so sure that everyone will just like maybe do the right thing if she tells them. I mean,. Even yes, if that, but also it's just possible that, you know, that's something that somebody says when they see something getting stolen from them. Yeah. You so nobody's going to stop. <laughs> the Batch boys, the dads are pissed. Eh. Yeah, they're pissed as fuck. They're super duper pissed uh, because their ship just got stolen and they don't have any way to get off the planet now. Um, and they're on a very deserted looking planet. And they're like, well, what do we do now? And they all start arguing with each other. And Hunter is blaming Wrecker for leaving the ship. And Tech is blaming Wrecker. And they're all just being really, really tiffy with each other. Listen, something really stressful just happened. They're in a stressful situation, even if Echo wasn't there. So if Echo had been there, they also probably would all be blaming each other because this is not good. This is all very distressing. Their fighting seems to be very distressing to poor little Omega, but... Right, who's also currently realizing that her home, and I mean, this is obvious, I think, to the viewer, you know, again, the animators, just the way that they do the kind of emotional subtlety of Omega and everybody, but Omega's, like, processing of her emotions, just the way it plays out on her face is always so good. And you can Mm -hmm. see that while this argument is happening, she is thinking even before any of it comes out in her behavior, what she says, she is thinking um, my entire world is falling apart because first Echo leaves and now my home is gone. Yeah. And they're just, they're just concerned about their ride out of here. And she's like, my home, our home. Right. Um, Yeah. And that just reminded me of like the season one episode where Hera, where she's showing Hera the ship and she's so proud to show off 
their home and Hera's talking about how her home is a spaceship. That's so cool. And that just makes me, it just made me feel so emotional. Like she's so attached to that place. Yeah. And it's got everything. It's got her room. Mm-hmm. That they spent, they've been, they made for her. It's so lovely. Yeah. She learned yeah. how to pilot it. Mm-hmm. Of course she's upset. It's her home. Yeah. It really is. Um, so yeah, they decide they're going to try and find a a settlement where they can maybe get a ship and Tech finds a settlement that's 40 clicks south, which is pretty long way away. So they Yeah, I'm not good walking. at um metric conversion, but I guess that's pretty far. Yeah. So they're walking through the desert and they're tired and it's hot and they're, you know, just like feeling awful and Meanwhile, they're arguing with each other, especially Tech and uh, Wrecker will not stop arguing with each other. Yeah, it's it's amusing, but it's also like I love part of me loves to see because, you know, Tech's my Tech's my fave. And I love when Tech salty Tech. Yeah, salty. Mm -hmm. Um, But also it's not it's not great for the mental health of all involved. Um, And, you know, as they're. As, oh, yeah, and Tech is an wrecker, like, taking turns carrying the big case of the Ipsium. And then yeah. suddenly, in the middle of arguing, um, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. This part was uh, another big emotional part. Omega keeps trying to contact Echo through her comm link. No. Oh, yeah. And Hunter's like, too. Hunter's like, yeah, no, he can't do that. He's too far away. It's not going to go through. And then Tech's like, oh, yeah, and he also disabled his communication device. And she's like, what? Like, she's so shaken by that. And he's like, yeah, well, he's probably just on a sensitive mission or something. And she's, like, clearly extremely emotional about that. But before she can even process it, there's a big stampede of these sort of, like, antelope creatures really big vibes lion king vibes through this mm-hmm. canyon that they're, they're beautifully animated by the way gorgeous Stunningly yeah animated god oh, the this whole episode of, like, yeah but just like the amount of like animated like the artistry of this show like the lighting the environments the individual like rendering of like all of those creatures it's just it's always like it's a absolute like visual like achievement I cannot even like sometimes I just like have to take a step back and be like this is one of the most gorgeous things I have ever seen I know it's in animation or anywhere the the like sand that was the shadow on the stones and the way that the clouds look ugh, insane incredible absolutely insane um yeah so there's this stampede they all are running and then they use grappling hooks to pull themselves up above the canyon, above the stampede. Um, Wrecker gets himself up there, but he drops the case of Ibsian and then Tech starts yelling at him about it. So Wrecker literally, because the Ibsian, if it blew up, would kill them all. But Wrecker literally yeah. lets himself drop down and use his body as a shield against the stampede. Which is I feel like insane. at that point they should stop or tech particularly should stop like kneeling him so much like good God like that's a lot. I know that he's like his like modification is like super strength and durability but come on that's still sucks. Well yeah because it's interesting because Omega's clearly concerned about the fact that Wrecker who had escaped getting trampled goes back to like voluntarily let himself be trampled. And then as soon as they're done, instead of saying, are you okay? Oh, my God. Tech's like, you need to be more careful next time. Tech is like, <sighs> that's when Tech moves from salty to, like, bitchy. And I'm like, oh, I know. come on. Yeah, Tech's getting kind of bitchy in this. And then yeah. <laughs> Wreckers, this is when Wreckers like, no, well, why don't you carry it? And Tech's like, fine, I will. And now he mm-hmm. does. <laughs> And so then now they're. I know, which is just that's like you're making it worse for everybody out of spite. Like you are going to struggle by carrying this because you are not the strength. This you're you're not strong. You know, I mean, you're not the strong one. You're not Mister Strong. Um, so you're just doing this out of spite, and and then all of a sudden, the storm comes in, and Mm -hmm. it's like a giant sort of like dust storm cloud thing, like lightning and all these things, and they start running. 
things are going from bad to worse. They see another mine, Tech sees another mine and leads them inside it. Um, and they're sheltering from the storm. But Tech drops one of the Ipsium canisters, uh, a lightning bolt strikes it, and the... The only Ipsium canister. Like quite the literally, the Chekhov's yeah. gun goes off. Yeah, and then it makes the canyon cave in and traps them inside the mine. So mm-hmm. they are and all their Ipsium is gone. Yeah, and yeah, now they now they all start arguing even more because they're even more stressed out. And Tech is yelling at them, and Wrecker's telling them that it's all his fault, and then. Hunter is trying to tell them to calm down because mostly it's Wrecker and Tech arguing. Hunter is just like, oh, my God. But he's not happy either. But he's also trying to tell them to calm down so we can dig our way out. And Omega, meanwhile, is just trying to get a transponder signal from the Marauder. And Tech's like, yeah, well, the thief stole it and probably disabled the, the transponder. Yeah, and that's like the only thing she's focused on. Yeah, she's focused on it. And Omega's like, well, then how are we going to find the ship? And Hunter's like, well, right now we need to just focus on getting ourselves out of here. Um, And Tech's like, yeah, well, honestly, we're probably not going to get the ship back because, you know, he's Tech, so he he talks logically and realistically about things. Mm -hmm. And Omega does not respond well to that. And she's like, no, I, we can't. We cannot lose that ship. And he's like, well, I can't. And Tech's like, well, we can just get another ship. Mm-hmm. And Omega's like, no, we can't get another ship. The Marauder is our home. And we are. I'm not going to let us lose it. Like, we lost Echo. We're not going to lose this, too. And they're, they, they're just really, they, they see how upset she's getting. And Hunter's just like, well, Echo's, Echo's. Not, he's just on another mission. It's okay. And Omega just gets very, yeah, she's like, well, he's not here and we're supposed to be a squad. And Tech's being like, well, they he was not here before uh, we were a squad. So it's okay. We'll be a squad after. And then Tech's sister <laughs> to, to Omega, who is an upset child, Tech says to an upset child, and I quote, what is your issue? Uh, the facepalm I'm doing is not audible on my mic, but it is. It should be because of the, the level of facepalm. Ha- I just. As yes. somebody, I think as two people who work in childcare and just recognize like the amount of times I have wanted to say, what is your issue to a child? Like, you know have been several there there've been numerous more than i could count to be honest but this is not one of those times like in this no. situation it is so obvious what her issue is and yes. like not to get into the child psychology thing but like the basics is like the number one cause of any kind of anxiety for a child of that age is feeling like a lack of control and stability over the things that make them feel safe and happy. And that is exactly what's going on with her. And it is so obvious that the thing is that she are, that what she is afraid of is that she has no control, no foundation and no family because these things are these small indicators, but not small, like actually massive indicators, but they don't seem like that to the rest of the crew or they're not willing to um, acknowledge that are like gone and like falling apart in quick succession, it's so obvious that she needs someone to say, you know, it's okay that you feel this way. We're sad too. It's so obvious to me. And this whole episode is about how it's not obvious to tech. Well, and this is something that's actually dealt with and processed in this episode that I think Mm -hmm. I, I I 100% read from it. And I saw other fans online reading this from it and really appreciating this. Um, this episode seemed to really focus on the fact that tech appears to be on the autism spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Star Wars universe. And mm-hmm. it's very much trying to not, I mean, all of them are being avoidant in, a, in their own way, but this episode is really talking about how tech is processing this and mm-hmm. how he can show Omega he can validate her feelings. 
in a way that his is is his own way and like sort of helping them understand each other that way, mm-hmm. which was handled very well. Um, yes. So in that sense, yes, him saying what is your issue is extremely the wrong thing to say to a child who is going right. through this, but also an understandable thing to say when you are, when your manner of processing and reading emotions is different from other people's. Mm-hmm. It's something mm-hmm. that is understandable. And I think that the way that this episode has them come to an understanding, which we're getting ahead of is important to, uh, to that. It's so important, yeah, and it's it's so important for Tech's development as a character and for um, yeah. Omega and for like their relationship to each other. Yeah, because I think that I, I saw a lot of people last se- in season one, and I was like, Tech's my fave. Don't do this to my boy. But like a lot of people being like, Tech is being so mean right now, or like, why is Tech being so like flippant about this, or like can't like just sort of like wanting tech to relate to the emotions of what's happening in a way that is relatable to a, you know, sort of neurotypical way of looking at things Mm -hmm. when I mean, like as a fan and as somebody who is most likely on the autism spectrum myself. Yeah. I mean, I think it's not officially diagnosed, but it's greater than the family significantly greater than zero chance that we both are. Yeah, it runs in the family. So, <laughs> um, the uh, we're not going to get into the details here. Yeah, we won't get into the details. But I definitely felt that perspective and felt that sort of relation to this character as I watched him last season and other characters in Star Wars too. Um, cough, Thrawn, cough. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, so I just. I, I really appreciated how this episode sort of dealt with that head on and also in the process of that, not only helping the viewer understand better how uh, tech as a character processes emotions, but also helped with that bond between him and Omega because she was able to create a strong emotional bond with all of her dads over the course of the first season. We saw her bonding with Hunter as that sort of central bond, that initial bond, that dad figure bond. Um, And then her bond with Wrecker as, you know, also a father figure mentor type bond, but also like she could relate to him sort of kid. Almost more like, yeah, almost like a peer, like almost like a brother, brother brother kind of sort of vibe. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, he had Echo, he had the, like the big brother thing going with her at season one. Yeah, Echo was good at getting sort of down to like he was good at prompting Hunter to like talk to her about feelings, things head on, and he was good about being sort of like the subtle, like very um, grounded dad figure with her and then we get the sense that she's got a bond with tech because he's teaching her things and she's asking him lots of questions and like you know there's a fondness there that's shown through last season but we never got like straight up tech omega bonding i think in the way that we got from the others that this season is definitely trying to make up for Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which i love because i was always like let's let's dive into this yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, all that to say Tech says, what is your issue to uh, a frightened child? And she mm-hmm. reacts by throwing uh, her um, communicator device at him and running into the cave. Um, Very accurate reaction. Yes. <laughs> and all like the others. Just the way that they do kids or this kid in this show is so believable and so good Mm -hmm. it makes me just love her more and it just makes me love this this show so much every time they nail it which is every time they're asked to Mm -hmm. and then all the other uh wrecker and hunter all the other now that makes me sad because it's just two now (laughs) wrecker and hunter (laughs) and the rest both give Tech a big old dirty look. And he's like, what? I just told her the truth. And Hunter's like, yeah, well, the problem is she knows the truth. Mm -hmm. She knows. 
which I'm like, thank you, Hunter. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have said that. So Omega is off in the mine crying and she turns off a lamp so that she can be by herself in the mine in the dark. And she sees a little blue light shining through a little crack in a tunnel. Um, And so she uses the drill that she was using to mine the Ibsium earlier to drill into it. And she discovers uh, a vein of Ibsium. And mm-hmm. in like a cathedral like cavern, glowing with blue light, and it is stunning. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Yeah. And then meanwhile, they're still a wrecker and tech and hunter are still clearing the debris from the entrance to the mine. And then they start arguing again about, oh well, if we had the Ibsium, we could blow our way out of here. And then Tech's like, well, I'll go search the mine for some more uh, Ipsium and see if we can find any. And Hunter and Wrecker are like, no, actually, what you need to do is you need to go find Omega and talk to her. And he's like, but she went to go be alone. And they're like, uh, no, you need to go apologize. And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I need to go off and be emotional and be dad by myself and be emotional dad by myself. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and like, I just feel the a spec um, representation of being like, why do I need to go find her? She wanted to be alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know for, for tech, but he, he's going to get to it. All right. Meanwhile. Um, yeah. So Omega's drilling the Ipsium out of the mine. Tech finds her and is like, Oh, I, Hey, you found Ipsium. And she's, she's being testy. And she's like, I'm mining Ipsium. Don't talk to me. And he's like, hey, but we could use it to uh, get out of the mine. And then he tells her to extract as much as she can. And she's like, yeah, I know. That's what I'm doing. And he's like, he says something to the effect of like, yeah, I know that you are fully capable to do that. And she kind of warms a little bit at that because she hears him validating her, which is great. Mm-hmm. And so they yeah, start working together. Like, oh, you you trust me like to do this? And he's yeah. like, yes, like genuinely I do. And then things start kind of getting smoothed out a little bit. Yeah, they start. She starts warming up again to him. Um, but while reaching for a bit of the obsidian that's kind of out of reach, she slips and tries to hold on to the rock face, but falls before Tech can reach her. So he jumps after her down into the chasm, mm-hmm. um, which is, I don't know, my emotions. These, her dad's love yeah, so much. Because it's like, that was a moment for me. I was like, yeah. See, the thing is when, when the things about how Tech has shown his love for Omega in the past and what this is here is it's always through just like practical action, which is like whenever she has been in any kind of need of help, you know, obviously he's not even going to think about it. You know, there's nothing logical about jumping into like a seeming, like you can't see the bottom of wherever it is she fell, but he jumps in after her. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's what, because you do that's what members that's what you do. of your family for your kids. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, I don't know. I felt emotional about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was, and that then had me going through it. Yeah. Um, they they're trying to con Hunter and Wrecker meanwhile try and contact Tech and Echo, but they don't they aren't getting a response and they realize something is wrong. So they go to the mine to try and find them. Meanwhile, uh I mean not Tech and Echo, um Tech and o- Omega. Oh, now I'm mm-hmm. sad. Because it was not Echo. <laughs> he's he's Tech and not, Omega. He's he's on everyone's minds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so then Tech and Omega, meanwhile, fell into this like water like rushing river thing um that is sweeping them along and finally it spits them out down this waterfall into this underground like sort of lagoon thing um Mm -hmm. and they are finally able to swim out of it onto the shore and after recovering a bit then they are able to tex able's is able to get into contact with Hunter and Wrecker and tell them what happened. And they aren't sure where they are, but tells he tells them to stand by while he tries to figure out what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. And then Tech finds a little light that he's like, oh, this is a passage beyond the wall that could lead us out of here. So he tells Hunter and Wrecker to follow them down the into the water. Um, and then they wait for them. <laughs> so so like the can- funny thing about that was like the initial sequence of um, Tech and Omega, you know, in the water was so fucking terrifying. Yeah, it was terrifying. It looked like they were about to drown. Because really I thought scary. they were going to die. And then, and I'm sure they were, you know, both terrified. Yeah, clearly. And he's just like casually like, oh yeah, just jump in and it'll pour, pull you down. It's fine. Like, it's fine. You it's know, fine. not like we we barely got out of that alive. Yeah. And, you know. He didn't say anything like, you will be convinced you are going to die. Nothing like that. Yeah. He's just like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. And w- <laughs> Anyway, yeah, go on. And then while they're waiting, Tech and Omega sit down next to each other and have a little talk, which is Mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. In which Omega is sort of pointing out, like, even if they find their way out of here, they still lost their ship, their home. They're stranded and Echo is not answering. And Tech's like, well, we'll find out a way to get out of here. We'll figure out a solution like we always do. Omega's talking about how she just she's just very frank about how she just can't deal with all this change mm-hmm. and she doesn't feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And Tex talks about how, well, as soldiers, we're supposed to learn how to deal with change. That's mm-hmm. sort of what we're entirely trained to do. Yeah. And he talks about how, like, you know, the the squad, you know, Clone Force 99 has been around before Echo joined and, and you know, and it's like, it's not like his presence is what defined their existence. Yeah. And he talks about how change is a part of life. She responds by saying we're more than just soldiers, though. And then she just comes out and says it instead of referring to them as a squad like she has been doing. She's like, we're a family, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And like looks at tech like very like acute sort of like. Please, please confirm that we are a family, that we're not just a squad, that you are my dad's. Please confirm this. Mm-hmm. To which Tech's like, yeah, yes, we are a family. And I'm like, thank you, Tech. Thank you. And then she's like, well, then why don't you act like it? Which is mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. But I think that in that sense, she's not just talking about all of her dads, but she's also saying, hey, Tech, I could use a little bit more nurturing from you, too. Mm-hmm. because you're also my dad. Please act like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, jumping in after her into the water was definitely a very dad exactly. move to do. Exactly. But then after he sort of pauses and seems a little taken aback by that, responds that he is knows that and that he knows that Echo chose a different path, just like Crosshair chose a different path, which is great that he brought that up. Because mm-hmm, um, that's the other elephant in the room I'm thinking about. It's like, well, she was never with the she was never with the squad when Crosshair was like a part of the team. So she felt his loss, but not in the same way that that the rest of them did, because like he was really integral to their to their team to Clone Force ninety nine before he left for years of the Clone Wars. And, you know, she comes in at the very tail end of that just as he chooses to stay and they choose to go. So, you know, she cares about him, but it's not the same as what I'm sure the rest of them feel about him. He he talks about how, like, he tries to respect their their feelings, their, their decisions, even if he can't understand them all the time. And then he says, and this was like the big, like, yes moment. He does say to her, I may process moments and thoughts differently, but it doesn't mean that I feel any less than you, which mm-hmm. was so great because it's like, hello, I do have emotions. I do experience emotions. I do feel emotions. I just process them differently. But it was like a great moment of them being like, I understand you. Mm-hmm. And also like that was also a great little sort of autism representation moment there. That yeah. was like, yes, yeah. thank you. He processes mm-hmm. them differently, but he still feels them just like they all do. But also not mm-hmm. just that, but this was acknowledging that they're all processing it differently. Right, but- exactly. And the whole point of this 
of Clone Force 99 is that they all are, but this is the whole point of all the clones. They're all individuals. They all have their own ways of dealing with massive change. And, and just like any group of people, particularly like a small family unit, not everybody is going to display their emotions in the way that the other people feel they need them to in order to feel validated themselves. And that's the part of communicating that is hard, even for adults, Mm -hmm. especially when they're trying to talk to kids who need that kind of modeling from them. I mean, and not just tech, but all of the clones have Mm -hmm. issues with processing their emotions, probably because they are adults who were matured to adulthood in half the time and are Right, and trained just to be soldiers. Only to be soldiers, exactly. They were never given any kind of like, I mean, you and I work in early child ed. They were never given any of that like um, social emotional development that comes from being allowed to be a kid in just that So they all have this, and we've seen this with all of them, the ways that they process emotion and feelings and things like that. Um, And... Yeah, in part, in in episodes like this, I think it can be like, she's, Omega's a child and these are her dads, but she is also older than them, technically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And aspects of that come down, come out in the this episode too, because in many ways she is more emotionally mature than them, even though she mm-hmm. is still a child emotionally and still has the needs of a child in terms of being nurtured and cared for. Well, and she also was never to conditioned to be a soldier the way never, they were. Yeah. Exactly. So her upbringing was different. We don't know the details of it because it's so secretive, but it was different. Yeah, so. and also she, she's being, um, she's being taught how to be a soldier, kind of by her dads. Like they're teaching her everything they know, and she's becoming extremely competent at all these skills. But she's also like, yeah, there, there. She knows more about how to be emotional like in touch with her emotions than they are, but it's happening. They're getting to it. Last season, they were able to nurture her as parents. You know, as children grow, they become more challenging. And this is a great episode for all those those ideas and themes. The best part was that they're having this extremely emotional, tender moment, and then it's interrupted by the screaming um, <laughs> sound yeah. of Hunter and Echo being ejected down this waterfall and just like screaming. It was it was very good, very comical. I loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was spectacular. That- I was like dying because it was like so. Um, I don't know. I just like I was imagining that them going through that, being like, I know. He said that we are going to come out of this on the other side and be okay, but he lied to us and we are going to die. <laughs> like, and particularly Rucker being like, I hate him so much. I am going yeah. to die and it is his fault. Um, so they're able to uh, use the Ibsium to break out of the uh, little crevice in the side of the mine and they have escaped. And then Tech finds the spaceport for his uh, binoculars and they go and find the uh, approach the spaceport but they find that it is uh completely abandoned which is like uh, a little bit and upsetting and scary the sun has gone down so it is even more terrifying and ominous looking Mm. and um everything seems to not have been resolved yeah but there's a communications array Mm -hmm. and tech tells them that they can use it to send out a long-range transmission uh, to Sid. So Mm -hmm. they get in touch with Sid, and they ask her for help. And she is um, really not cool about it. And I think this is the first of, like, you know, the first, like, big, big moment where they're like, okay, uh, well, then, I guess... Uh, fuck you too, you know? <laughs> like, she's yeah. really not, like, it's just like, okay. Um, well, I loved how she was like talking about how she, she can't afford to. It's their problem, not hers. And Tech immediately comes in with a laundry list of ways that they, with like, you know, names and dates of the ways that they have gone out of their way to save her ass. Yeah. Um, and I just kept on being like, ah, oh, that episode, ah, oh, that episode, ah. Oh. And like, she's like, okay, 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 I get it. So she, 
Yeah, she and does so admit. Like... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. No, I was, I was basically going to take your job and tell tell us. T- what no, tell it, tell it. I, yeah, it's not all my job. This is our show. Yeah. Well, we've kind of been like the the general format has been kind of you tell what happens and I comment on it. I know, but you I feel kind of bad that. about that. I feel bad about no, that. You I need like to talk it. More. It works. Okay. <laughs> okay, but I will say that she basically is like, okay, I get it. Fine, I'll try to get something together to get you guys in, but it will take a couple of days or no, like four days or something like that. Right. Yeah. I don't remember. And she's like, well, okay, we don't have enough food. We need help before a couple of days. And she just hangs up on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, she had like mid sentence when he's like, okay, well we're going to starve to death before that, but okay. <laughs> like what has she got going on? That's so important. I'm sorry. I don't know. She's got the bar from always sunny going on. Yeah. I don't know what's, what's happening. I, yeah. I'm, I'm done with her too. So Wrecker's like freaking out. He's like, what are we going to do? And Omega says, sort of echoing what, what Tech said, we'll figure it out like we always do. Which, and then she, Tech sort of smiles at her like, oh, yeah, we will. And then they all look off as the storm that was gathering before appears to be moving closer to them. And they're ominously gazing out at this dark sky and this gathering storm and the episode ends. Shit. Yeah. So, okay. We, we left the bad batch having some big emotional realizations, bonding tech and Omega, especially now they're stranded on a planet. Nobody seems to be around gathering storm. (sighs) I don't know. (laughs) What do you think? I, I, the only thing I can say is it was such a fucking good episode. It's great. Just the single, like, that's the single biggest takeaway I have based off of thinking deeply about it after that recap. It was so good. And mm-hmm. Star Wars, when any time that, a, and I, I have examples, but like when, when any time that a show does it right, when you're watching a show and you're like, this is a good good show is when it takes the opportunity to spend a whole episode processing a pretty major development that would affect the emotional well-being and the stability of your main characters. Mm -hmm. I feel like Rebels did an excellent job with that, with like the series of episodes they did after, and I mean major spoiler if you haven't watched rebels yet so after a character death mm-hmm. i don't know the show's been out off there for a while Just, but you can say a character death a major character after death. a major character death they spent like two whole incredible episodes processing that yeah just about it was essentially yeah and the immediate processing of that Yes, and it was incredible. This is slightly less major of a development, but the amount of care that was taken to, you know, follow up with the way that this affects all of our characters and them as a family was so good. Yeah, and I just love that they were brave enough to follow up such an intense sort of epic episode, series of episodes as the last two with something very quiet and focused and emotional is just like, yeah, it just speaks to how well this show is structured. And it really reminds me of the first season that would often do that. And I just, yeah, I'm really looking forward to wherever this arc, this direction is going Mm -hmm. um, for the batch. I don't know. What do you think? Do you have any predictions for next week? Well, they're definitely going to still be on that planet. Um, I hope it's not an episode that's like checking in with crosshair or something, because then I will be so, I mean, I, I want more crosshair, but like, I need to know how they get out we of this. We have only had one crosshair episode this entire I know, season. Weird, right? It was I a mean, great it, episode. It was incredible. And I expected, kind of expected that that might be the case with the way that this season is going, because the first season was so much about the impact of him leaving and him trying to find them afterwards that it was so easy Mm -hmm. to kind of weave their stories together. And now that he's pretty separate from them, it's not as straightforward, like how those stories are going to weave together. But I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously they will. So we'll see about that. In terms of my immediate ideas for the next episode, it's got to be about how they get off the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And assuming that, you know, they find a way to do that. 
but the gathering storm is very ominous. It suggests that there are a lot of metaphorical and literal things that are going to get in their way. I don't know exactly where they're going from here, but I, I, after this episode, I, I know it's going to be good. I mean, it's always good, but we'll check in with our boys and our girl next week and see how they're all doing. God, Hopefully please, a yeah, little bit more in touch with their emotions. Friend. This has been a talk of the clones. Um, I am Stephanie. Oh, wait, I almost forgot all the good. Stuff. Yeah. I'm like, you're cat. You're okay. I'm sorry. I'm balled over by emotion. Me okay. too. <laughs> so here's what you got to do to keep uh, hearing us ramble about these idiots. You got to follow best one since the next one on Spotify, Apple podcasts. You got to hit the little bell notification to keep the uh, updates coming. So you don't miss an episode. You, you got to rate us five stars. You gotta. You gotta. And because it's a really good show and there's other stuff, not just us being incoherent about clones, but you other gotta. Stuff. there's other stuff. Yeah. It's there's way really good episodes. Structured usually. Yeah. <laughs> we got John Wick stuff coming out. Yeah, it's rad. Come on, check it out. So yeah, don't let this turn you off. Please <laughs> Whatever don't. This is. I swear the regular show is far more professional. <laughs> Thanks, John, for uh, hosting us on here. Um, and yeah, this has been a talk of the clones, a presentation of best one since the next one. And I am we are podcasters. I am your Star Wars correspondent, <laughs> Stephanie, and I am. Equally competent at at my sign off. My name is Allison, and I am on this podcast. We are clones. We're like, clones. Literally. Did we mention that? That's the yeah, thing we are. that we are. That's the whole yeah. gimmick. All right, all right, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.